Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today, Pastor CJ has a Thanksgiving message called, It's the Little Things. Each of us have so much to be thankful for, even if they seem small. A heart of gratitude keeps our eyes off our problems and keeps them on the problem solver. Let's keep our eyes up. We miss out on so much if we don't. We hope you enjoy this message. You know, uh, just getting into the message today, uh, my wife mentioned about her uh, experience when she was little of receiving a Thanksgiving basket from a Lutheran church. Well, I had the same experience. I'll never forget, we lived on 12th Street there in Racine, Wisconsin, and we were poor as poor can be. And I'll never forget, we always used to get on Thanksgiving or whatever, or prior to Thanksgiving, how many of you remember the commodities we used to get? The big blocks of cheese, right? Remember that? The pork in the can, right? The raisins. And that was kind of our food line that we had growing up. My mother couldn't afford a lot, so our suppers a lot of time was popcorn. Popcorn is cheap, and we had a lot of popcorn growing up when we were kids. But I remember one day, and I'm not kidding you, and it just so happened to be we were on the front porch of our house there on 12th Street. And while we were there, I can still remember it, a yellow Vega, Chevy yellow Vega. How many remember the Chevy Vegas, right? A yellow Chevy Vega pulled up in front of our house, and all of a sudden, these people got out of this car. And I'm not kidding, it was a hatchback, and they lifted up the hatchback, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, they started taking out these groceries. And guess where they were delivering them to? They were delivering them to our house. And at that time, I had six sisters and a little brother. And we were, man, we were just poor as poor can be. And my mother didn't drive, so we walked everywhere. And they unloaded four huge bags of groceries, plus on top of that, a turkey and a ham. And I always thought, man, how cool that is that, man, they were able to do that for us when we didn't even deserve it. And when they said thank you and happy Thanksgiving and all these things, it did something to me. And I never knew as a pastor that I would be doing that today. But I made a vow to God back in that day. I'll never forget. I said, God, if I ever get a chance to be able to give back to the community the way this church gave to me when I was little. Lord, please help me to do that. And you know what? We have been, since I've been a pastor now for 38 years, every Thanksgiving, I want you to know that this pastor and his wife have been giving out Thanksgiving baskets for 38 years because of what a church did on that day when I was a kid. One time, one time when we were in Colorado, I kid you not, when we were pastoring in Colorado, and I have pictures to prove this, I'm not kidding you, we used to, man, started out small. How many of you know the Bible says don't despise the day of small beginnings, right? Well, we started out small, and Ken Wilson and I, my wife and his wife, Pat, the four of us, we got together, and we went to Walmart, and we, our first time around, we had 26 baskets, and we had every place to put them. We didn't have any place to put them, so what we did is we took plastic paper, and we put all the plastic sheets on the floor, piled the turkeys up, and covered it up with black plastic, right? Turned the air conditioner, I mean, turned the heater off, and put those turkeys there for that next day to give them out. Do you know from 26 turkeys, true story, true story, from 26 turkeys, it grew to having three semi-trucks full of turkeys, pies, and, 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 uh, and uh, potatoes, and, and uh, 
also uh, whipped cream, that 26 turkeys, it grew to three semi-trucks full of turkeys, pies, whipped cream, potatoes that we gave out. We had so many people that came to our last Thanksgiving thing that it went from the main door all the way around the whole entire church that they were cutting in line that my, my secretary, Sharon Kellogg, had to be the line um, person that would keep people in line because they were trying to cut in line to get their box. We had fed, this is no kidding, you can look it up, I can show you the pictures, we fed well over 10,000 people in Grand Junction, Colorado, all because of 26 turkeys. That's a true story. I mean to tell you, the Bible says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. But today is Thanksgiving. And today, I want you to check this out. Today, I lift my eyes to the heavens and count my blessings. I think of all my needs that were met today. The clothes on my back. A place to lie down tonight. Nothing miraculous or earth-shattering. Just the small things that help keep me going day after day. Thank you, God. I have a food on my table, health to get me through the day. Good memories I've shared. All the beauty that makes life special. Thank you, God. I'm blessed by what I can see and touch. What I can feel in the moment. But Lord, you transcend feelings and moments. You sacrificed your life so that I could see beyond what's under my feet and over my head. <sighs> Thank you, God. That kind of love keeps my heart free. During seasons where peace is hard to come by, even when I can't see or touch a blessing, I know I can close my eyes and say, Thank you, God. I've, I've lost a lot this year. Things I worked hard for. Dreams I was sure were gonna come true. People I never wanted to say goodbye to. I walked a hard path of trial. And pain and despair. But I never walked it alone. Even now, I can say thank you, God. Because no matter what is set before me. Dark valleys or green pastures. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And when this life is over, I'll dwell with you in your house forever. So I just want to stop and tell you. Thank you, God. 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 Somebody say amen. If you have your sermon notes, let's jump right into the word today. I want to talk to you about it's the little things. It's the little things. I've found your sermon notes today. Thanksgiving is one of the most needed things in the church today. How many can say amen to that? That we need to be thankful every day, not just when it's easy or when it's a holiday and when we're supposed to be thankful. That every day we should be thankful for life that we have. Today we're praying for Jeff Jorgensen, who is on his life bed. And I pray that God today, that you would touch Jeff Jorgensen. But sometimes in life, we take for granted even the little things of waking up in the morning. I want to tell you today, I am thankful every day. We should not just be thankful for the time that we're here today or getting ready to embark on this Thursday for Thanksgiving. Thankfulness should be a lifestyle. For many prayer requests, we, we have many prayer requests. 
but few who praise and thank the Lord. Just think if we would take our prayer requests and turn that around and say, God, I'm going to thank you first before I ask for requests. You see, I always find that when I thank and praise God, it brings me back in the focus of how powerful and mighty and awesome our God is. And sometimes thanking the Lord takes your eyes off your problems and gets your eyes on what's good happening in your life. And so many times the enemy wants you to focus on the negative things and the bad things that are going on in your life instead of the good things. But I find myself worshiping and thanking God every day. And when I learn to be a praise and give thanks to God, it lifts me up. You see, whatever my eyes are focused on, that's where I'm going to go to. But I keep my eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. He will keep me in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on him. So God, I'm going to thank you, even though I may not feel good, even may God, I may not uh, appreciate what's going on around me. God, I'm going to learn the secret. And the secret is being grateful. If you have your Bibles, you can see on the screen, but in Philippians chapter four, I love what Paul is saying to the church of Philippi. In verse 4, he starts out there saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The Bible says in Proverbs that laughter is like good medicine. There's something about the secret of rejoicing and praising and thanking your God. But he says in verse 6, he says this, do not be anxious about anything. How many of our, I could call you maybe nervous purposes. You're anxious about a lot of things. you got a lot of anxiety. You're worried about a lot of things. The Bible says you can worry about a lot of things. The Bible says, do I not take care of the sparrows? Are you not more valuable than they? And a lot of times we're so anxious about a lot of things that they consume us, that we're being overcome instead of being an overcomer. And God God wants you to be an overcomer. And how do you become an overcomer? You be a, an overcomer by relying and trusting in God that, God, I am thank you for the little things, God. I am thank you for what I have now because, God, if I thank you for what I have now, you're going to give back to me even more later because I'm showing you that I appreciate, God, what you're doing in our midst. Can I ask you, what are you anxious about now? And what you're anxious about, let me ask you another question. Is it bigger than your God? Is God able to sustain you, help you, and bring you through that situation? And the next question is, if God is able to do that, then why aren't we giving him all our anxieties, our stress, and our pressures of life? But he says this, be anxious about nothing. He says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. Now watch what he says, with thanksgiving. You notice why he says, he says, prayer and petition. Why does he say that and right after say thanksgiving? Because once you transfer your problem, your anxiety, your worry, your stress, your pressures of life, once you transfer into God's hands, God takes control. And if God is in control, he's never out of control. God is the author and the perfecter of your faith. And what God does, he changes your situation around. And therefore, because you transferred your prayers, your petition, your worry, your anxiety, I can be thankful. I can be thankful knowing that God is working things out. And if God is working things out, I can trust and be thankful because why? I laid my prayers, my petitions, and therefore I'm going to be thankful, God, knowing that the battle is not mine. It's yours. And God, you're making a way where there seems to be no way. You see, you can trust God. 
And therefore, you trust God. God, I thank you for the outcome of my life. I thank you that the victory's on the way. I thank you that your will is being done. You see, that's what it's all about. Thanking and praising God for the situations. God, I cast them on your thing. But he goes on to say, present your request to God. Your request. What is your greatest need right now? I always heard that cream rises to the top. You know what your greatest need is right now? Something that is rising to the top. Something that is maybe bringing anxiety, stress, and worry to you right now. That is what you need to transfer to God. But then he goes on to say in verse 7, watch this, I love this. He says in verse 7, he says, and the peace of God, and the peace of God, knowing what he says, when you give your battles to God, your petitions, your worries, your concerns, your frets, all these things, he said, I'll give you peace. Knowing why, did he say peace? Because God is in control. And therefore, you can have peace of knowing that God is going to do what's right. But then he goes on to say, I love this, which transcends all understanding. In other words, he puts your thoughts back in the focus. He puts your thoughts, your anxiety, your worries, your concern. He puts your thoughts back in the focus. He takes them off the problem, and he puts your eyes on the problem solver. And what happens when you begin to realize how big and awesome your God is, your problems become small, and your God becomes big, and therefore you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because he transcends all your understanding, your stinking thinking, your negative ways, your negative thoughts, all this anxiety and worries and pressure. God says, listen, let me transform you by the renewing of your mind in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that I can transform your mind, your stinking thinking, your worry. I can transform them. And then when I transform your mind, he said, I will know, you will know the perfect and pleasing will of God for your life. Now watch what he says. I love this next which all understand, no, turn it back to verse 7. You got to get this. He said, verse 7, back there, whoop. He said, we'll guard, and watch what he said. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Where does the enemy love to attack? The battlefield begins right here. Everything starts with a seed. The seed is a thought. The enemy likes to attack your mind, put all this negative thinking. Oh, I don't have this, and poor pitiful me. And man, I'm not grateful, and I can't be thankful because I'm under this, and I'm under this pressure, and I'm under this attack. And so what happens, the enemy likes to attack your mind. And so if he can attack your mind, what happens is you start having the 18-inch syndrome. From your mind to your heart, that's what they call the 18-inch syndrome. What a man thinketh in his heart, so he will be. And so what happens is if you start thinking on your mind and all these thoughts, what happens? It gets in your heart. And your heart is the container of the good and the bad. And out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth's going to speak. So the enemy, he wants to do what? He wants to come against your heart and against your mind. Because these are the containers of the good things or the bad things. So that's why you have to focus on God. You have to keep your attention. And how are you going to focus on God? God, I don't understand. I don't understand what I'm going through, this trial, this pressure, the circumstance of my life. But God, I'm going to thank you in advance because Lord, I know that you're working it out for my good. And he's working it out for your good. But then now watch this verse eight. Watch what he says. I love this because a lot of times we misconstrued this voice, this, this verse. He said, finally, brothers and sisters, that's you and me. He said, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble. In other words, whatever is true, be what? Thankful. 
What is, what is the truth that God's speaking to you, that he sets you free, that you're forgiven, that you're lovable, that you're acceptable, that you're pleasing and honorable to God? You see, the enemy wants you to make like you're not worth anything, but that is not true. Whatever is true, be thankful. Look at this. Whatever is noble, be thankful. Whatever is right, be thankful. Whatever is pure, be thankful. Whatever is lovely, be thankful. Whatever is admirable, be thankful. If it's anything of excellence, now watch this. If it's anything of excellence or praiseworthy, think about such things. So whatever is on your mind, God, I thank you that, God, I'm forgiven. God, I thank you that I have a roof over my head. God, I thank you that you are a right God, that you are an on-time God. Whatever is praiseworthy, that is being thankful, God, in the little things of life, I am thankful. You see, I've learned this to be true. Be thankful for the little things like, man, I woke up this morning, that you have a job. And the list can go on and on and on. You know, one of the things that's really amazing to me is last year, we had so many more boxes last year for Thanksgiving. And even, even the people at Walmart said, man, last year you guys had a lot more boxes for Thanksgiving to give out. And I said, yeah, that's probably a good thing. And the guy said, well, why is that? Luke said, I said, well, maybe, maybe it's because the economy's picking up. I don't know about you, but that's something to be thankful for. Come on. Right? And I thought, man, they, you know, there's not a lot, lot of needs within the body that the economy may have picked up. You know, Zechariah 4, verse 10 says these very words. He says this, who dares, in other words, you, who dares? CJ, do you dare? Despise a day of small things. Don't look at small things and laugh at them. Don't look at them and despise them and say, oh, man, shoe fly, don't bother me. It's not worth it. Don't look at them and despise them. He says, since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hands of Zebulun. So in other words, he's saying, listen, don't despise the small things of life. And don't despise the little things that maybe happen in your life. The little things are the lily pads that lead to the bigger things in life. Sometimes we take for granted the little things and we want to move on to the bigger things. You know, I, I, I got a matchbox car when I was a little kid, but man, now that I'm old enough to drive, I got a real car. Man, forget the matchbox. But you see, I thank God for that matchbox car when I was little, but I thank God now for my real car, amen? But every step in your life, you got to learn a lifestyle that, God, I thank you for the little things because the little things lead to the big things. If you have your notes, I love this. Learning to be thankful with the small things lead us to the bigger things. How I many you know that's true? Don't expect bigger things in your life if you can't be thankful for the little things. Don't expect bigger things to happen in your life. Man, people want to know how much you care, not how much you know. And how you show you care is by being thankful for what people maybe do in your life. Man, another thing is this. Small things let us practice for the bigger things. Look at David. David took on the bear and the lion. That meant because of that, being the small things, it prepared him for the giant, Goliath. Small things in your life prepare you for the bigger experiences in your life. Man, I'll tell you, the greatest thrill I ever had, man, is first of all, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'll tell you, I was so excited about that day. I'll never get that experience. Then the second biggest experience in my life was when I married my wife. Man, I love my pookie woman with all my heart. Man, we have dreams, aspirations, desires, and so on. Then, each time I thank God, 
God, I thank you for my salvation. I thank you for my wife. But you know what? When I had my first kid, I'll never forget this true story. I was so thankful, but I was building up from God to my wife, now my kid. You know what happened? I'm not kidding you. On Lake Street in Minneapolis, if any of you are from Minneapolis, you know Lake Street is not a desirable street. And so we went to the Perkins there. And I'll never forget, I was so excited. My wife just gives birth to our son. And I was so excited about the birth of my son, so grateful, so thankful to God. Thank you that I have a healthy boy. Thank you, God, that, man, you've done this for me and Cheryl. You know what I did? I didn't just show that I was thankful to my, my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law. I literally there, right there on Lake Street, I got up on top of the dining table there in Perkins, started stamping my feet. I got a boy! I got a boy! The security guards from the Perkins there started running to the table, ready to throw me in the uh, straitjackets. And the reason why is because, see, listen, I started with God, started with my wife, started with my boy. I mean to tell you, it was just a, man, escalating thing. I learned to be thankful. Then when I had my daughter, she put a ring in my nose, and she leads me everywhere. The point is, is learn to be thankful for the small things in life. You see, listen, small things prove your character. They prove your character. And God, I'm thankful, and I'm going to rejoice Regardless of what they happens to them or what happens to those people, I'm going to be thankful for my situation. I may not like it now, but God, I'm thankful that, God, you're going to see me through. It shows your character that you're not just a man when big things happen in your life. That, God, I'm thankful even in the small things. Listen, small things pile up. I mean, you know that's true. You ever heard of that saying, sweep it under the carpet? Just sweep it under the carpet. Eventually, sweep it under the carpet. It's going to come out. The same thing with small things. They pile up. New beginnings usually start with small beginnings. Some of you know what I'm talking about. They start with small beginnings. And learn to be thankful. No matter where you're at right now, try to focus on something positive. Why is it that, man, we can have 99 good things happen in your life, but just because you have one bad thing happen in your life, what do you tend to focus on? That negative one thing. We just sang the song. He left the 99 to what? To find the one. You see, Jesus saw the importance of the finding the one. And a lot of times what happens, we fixate on that one negative thing that it drowns out all the 99 good things of our lives. You see, we should do the, reverse the curse. The beginnings of small things, or the, the, the beginnings of, uh, of all things start out small. How many of you know that's true? You see, learn to be thankful for the small things, then you'll be really thankful for the big things in your life. I love this story in 1 Chronicles 16. It's David. David was the king, and David was leading his people or leading his group of, of, of people that he was in charge of. And one of the ways that he led his people, number one, is that he led them by keeping the God before them. How I many you know the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto you. The Ten Commandments, the first commandment of the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt have no other God before you. So what David did, he had his God always go before him. But he didn't stop there. David took it further. He said, they brought the ark of, the, of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it. Now watch this. And they presented brunt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. So in other words, what they were doing, they were offering sacrifices and giving unto God. 
They were offering sacrifices. The Bible says that, don't you know that you are a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing, acceptable to God? They were laying down their selves. They were giving it all to God. After all, God gave us all. He gave us his best in, in Jesus, right? But then it goes on to say, in the next verse, watch this. After David had finished sacrificing the brunt offerings and fellowship offerings, watch this. He blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each of the Israelites, man and woman. Now watch this. Something very simple. They emptied himself out. In verse 4, he says this. Watch this. Go ahead. He says, he appointed some to be Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord. In other words, to go before the ark of the Lord, to extort, to thank, and praise the Lord, the God of Israel. You see what David did? He recognized that, God, I need you first and foremost in my life. I don't know all the outcomes. I don't know the ins and the outs of things. But, God, first and foremost, you're going to be the center. You're the Ark of the Covenant. You're in the center of our lives. And then, God, I'm not only going to have you in the center of my life, but I'm going to circle that you, God, with thanks and praise and offering up my life as a living sacrifice to you. You see, it's always we want receiving from God, but God also wants to receive from us. He wants us to give him praise. He wants us to give him thanks. And when you praise him, the Bible says, he ain't going to let no rocks cry out in my place. God inhabits the praises of his people. And one of the praises that we can give to God, thank you, Jesus. That's a praise unto God. You see, so David praised the Lord. Today, some of you may feel that you don't have any gifts to use for the Lord. One gift you truly have is the gift of thanksgiving. We can all give the gift of thanksgiving. God, thank you. Some of you may be sitting in these chairs today, said maybe through the years that I'm never going to make it. I'm doomed. I'm not going to be able to pay my car payment, my house payment, all these different things. But I'm here to tell you, you must have made it through because you're here today. You see, God pulled you through. He helped you in your situation. There's something that you can go back to and look at and say, God, I thank you for the past, but I also thank you for my future. You have great things in store for me. Amen? You see, look what happened. In 1 Chronicles, and it goes on the further, in 1 Chronicles 23, verse 30, I love this verse. They also, they were to also stand every morning, not just when it felt good, not just when they were in crisis or when they were in time of need. You see, if we would learn the secret of thanking and praising God every day, man, God will go before us and make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll already go out before. The Bible says he will charge, send his angels charge over us. So he says, listen, they also stand every day to thank and to praise the Lord. They didn't just do it, man, Whenever it felt good or once a week or whenever I was in a crisis, they praised them every day. They were to do the same in the evening. So in other words, they did it twice a day. If you look at the New Testament where Peter and John went off to pray in Acts chapter 3, they did it three times a day, morning, noon, and night, to give thanks and praise unto their God. You see, we need to learn the secret. God, I am so thankful. I don't know about you, but... During Thanksgiving time is one of my favorite times because uh, we're with all our family and we're celebrating um, Wednesday this year for Thanksgiving because our family is in different areas. And uh, so anyways, we get together as our family and before we eat our meal, we go around the table every year. And we start out with maybe a grandkid. They kind of set the tone, whether funny or sad. We go around the table and say, hey, uh, you know, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for, Adam? And 
we go around and nine times out of 10, I'm thankful for family. I'm thankful for my health. I thank you for this. But man, the time we get halfway around the table, it never fails that we all just start crying because we begin to realize how much really we have to be thankful for. And sometimes when you're down on your luck, man, we turn to the negative. We forget about the good things. You see, it's the good things that supersede the bad things. I was saying this to Wednesday night. It never fails. It never fails. You can watch a superhero movie, and it always starts off the superheroes are always getting defeated. But I always know that in the end, they always win. And guess what you are? You are a superhero with God. You and God make a majority. And if God is for you, who can be against you? He'll going to pull you through. You may be down on your luck right now, but if you're a superhero for God, in the end, the end of the script of that movie, you win. You win. Every time. Every time. But they went to pray, and I love this. You see, today we stand before the Lord to thank Him because it's a holiday. And it's the right thing to do. But that's easy. What about tomorrow? What about next week? What about next month? Maybe we're in the valley. David, man, pinned the words of Psalms 23. Though I walk through the valleys of shadow of death, I will feel no evil. He had those turbulent times, but he kept his eyes on the Lord. Jesus doesn't care how fast you go. He just wants you to keep going. Keep going for him every day. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, that today I have life. One of the sad stories is in Luke chapter 17. I love the story, and when I read it again, preparing for this message, it opened my eyes. And I kid you not, I promise you, I just don't preach to the choir before I preach to you. It preaches to me too. In Luke 17, it reminded me, God, Help me not to become eye-centered or selfish, but help me to fix my eyes on you and to be a, learn to appreciate all what you do in my life. But look at what happens in Luke chapter 17. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. In other words, man, he was traveling on foot, word of mouth was spreading, and the crowd was following. He says, as he was going into the village, 10, mind you, 10. There's more than 10 of us here today. 10 men who had leprosy met him. Now, first of all, if you know anything about leprosy, they had to walk across the street on the other side of the street. And even at that, they had to wear veils over their faces and yell out at the same time, leper, 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 meaning unclean. So you weren't supposed to associate even with the lepers. So Jesus even stooped down and came and even monk, uh, dwelled amongst the lepers. And some of you may feel like you're not worthy. Some of you maybe feel like you're not good enough. Maybe some of you maybe feel like you're the leper, you're the outcast, but not with Jesus. He'll never let you be forsaken. He said, I'm the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I love you with an everlasting love. It doesn't matter your condition, your circumstances, or your past. God says, you're not a leopard in my eyes. You're made whole. And then he goes on to say, I love this. He says, as he was going, one of them, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Notice what it said. How many came before the Lord? Ten. He said, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. 
Now, look at this. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. In other words, he was a foreigner. He was kind of an outcast of that group of Galileans. And yet he came to give thanks to his God. But look at the response of Jesus. He says these next words. Go ahead. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Were not all ten cleansed, healed, delivered, set free? Where are the other nine? See, in other words, Jesus recognized those who were grateful and those who weren't. When you do something for a family member or a friend or even your son or your daughter, what you're looking for sometimes is affirmation, showing that we appreciate your efforts. And the same thing with the Lord. Man, sometimes what we do is we are dump trucks with God, and once we dump our load on him, we never turn back around and thank him for what you've done for our lives. What have you done for me? Then he goes on to say, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? In other words, Jesus identified that only one of the ten came back. I wonder what Jesus feels like every time he helps us in our situation. Do we in turn return gratitude and thankfulness back to him, or do we just go on our merry way? Do we just go on our merry way and take it for granted? Oh, thank you. You see, I hear a lot of times people say, well, I got a raise at, at my job. I got a promotion at my job. And I say, man, praise God. That's awesome. Give God the glory. Give God the glory. The first response is, no, I deserved it. You know, I've learned I don't deserve anything. Everything I have comes from the Lord. And God, whatever happens in my life, God, I thank you. I thank you. My wife and I, over this last couple of weeks, we've been on pins and needles. And we really went through a, a crisis time in our lives, really, this last two weeks. And we were on pins and needles. And we were praying and believing, praying and believing, praying and believing. We had the C word that propped up in our family. You can figure out what the C word represents. Man, we were on our knees. I know where your pain's at. Your pastor's not invincible from pain. I put on my pants the same way you do. I bleed the same way you do. But maybe, maybe I believe different from you. And I'll explain. I learned the secret that God, regardless of whether I'm fed or not fed, Lord, the Bible says, I'm thankful. And the C word propped up in our family. We were out of town Last week, for a very reason, we were at a very, very strong medical, medical examination that was taking place in our family. You want to talk about a God? All I knew was to pray. Let me encourage you today. All I knew was to pray. And we prayed and prayed and prayed. My, this person was supposed to get, I'm not going to give you the details of who it is because their church will hear. We prayed and prayed, and but the, they were supposed to get the report back on Wednesday. No report. This past Wednesday. I had to go and teach Chris in Bible's class, and you trying to keep my composure. They called Wednesday, said, we're, 
We're going to call you tomorrow and give you the update on Thursday. No report. Friday's coming, but Sunday's on the way. Friday, they called. The doctor said to one of my family members, we don't understand. We don't understand. You know what they said? We can't say yes and we can't say no. It's inconclusive. And the first thing I said, that's my God. Let me tell you something. Your God loves you. He loves you, young lady. Man, I just want to start. You need to reach out and believe. You know what they said? Some way, somehow, that thing that grew to two and a half inches long, something happened. Something happened. Now hear this, Sarah. That thing that grew two and a half inches long, something encased it like a cocoon. And it's all encased. They can't figure it out. But I can. You see, Michael, that's our God. And that's the God that this pastor is trying to point you to. That God, I'm thankful. Even when I'm down on my luck, God, I am thankful. Turn it back to that verse now. Watch this. He says in verse 10, he said, thanking the Lord should become a lifestyle. Praise unto him every day, not just when it feels good. God, I, I praise you. Let me ask you something. What are you unthankful for right now? Maybe you're going through something that's bigger than you. But be thankful. It's not bigger than your God. Be thankful, my Catholic friend. Don't even know his name. I call him my Catholic buddy. Came in this morning and said, we need a cross up here. I said, yeah, it's a school. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Amen. <laughs> my Catholic buddy. I close. I know I didn't get through all my notes. You can go over the rest. I started basketball on Tuesday been amazing been amazing let me just tell you something I've been able to speak in these boys lives and some of the players are here today but this kid came to practice late on Wednesday coach said to me he said CJ you're the pastor take care of it little kid I had to take him into the ballroom he was all choked up, crying his eyes out. I said, young man, what's going on? Just Tuesday. So, young man, what's going on? He said, Pastor, he didn't say pastor, he said coach. I'm saying, he said, coach, he said, I just got word. He said, I live with my grandma. She's not doing good. He said, that's 
only place I had to live at. My grandma. And I said, man, I'm going to be praying for you. I couldn't pray for him there, obviously, but so I'll be praying for you. Listen to this. Time practice was over. That little boy came up to me. He said, Coach, he said, I just heard word from my grandma. She's doing better. And she, you know what he said? This is his words. This is what I want you to get in your heart. You know what he said? He said, Coach, thank you. My reaction was, no, don't thank me. Thank him. See, listen, folks. When you make the attitude of gratitude of lifestyle, it'll keep your eyes focused on not on the problem, but on the problem solver. It realigns yourself and makes you realize how big your God is. So I want to encourage you. And I know we went off the story today and off the sermon a little bit. It's because I want you as your pastor to have an attitude of gratitude. Will you stand with me this morning? Don't forget to pick up your baskets this morning. But I'm going to have my altar workers come out. Please, all the altar workers, if you make your way, and some of them are out there in the foyer. But I, uh, I feel in my heart today, I really do. I really feel, if you have a need today, let us pray with you. We're early, we're early, we made it out on time. Let us pray with you today. Maybe you have a C situation like I have in my family, had in my family. But maybe you need prayer today. Man, go out of here dancing and leaping and praising God today. But you say, Pastor, I need prayer. I need prayer. If that's you, just step out, will you? Come on. Let us pray with you today. We're not here to embarrass anyone, but you just need prayer. Maybe the battle is too overcoming for you. And you need prayer. Just come and stand by one of these people. Just go ahead and stand by one of these people. You need prayer today. Just stand. Come on. Come on over here, honey. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We need to lift up Gracie. I want some people to gather around Gracie. She needs a miracle. Come on. We're family today. We got a guy here to sell. You need prayer today. Come on. Just step out. Just step out. You need prayer today. Come on. You need prayer today. Come on. Come on over here right now. I need some people to pray with this young lady right here. Come on. Come on. Come on, step out. Come on. You need prayer today. Come on. Don't leave the same way you came. Come on. Come on. You need prayer. There's some people over here to pray to my left. They'll pray with you. Man, you want to be one of the ten that's healed, and we're going to give God the praise and God the thanks today. Anyone else today? Anyone else say, Pastor, pray for me. But I want to pray over you now. And I want to say this from the bottom of my heart. I mean this sincerely. I'm so overwhelmed today that I even got off my sermon notes. But I mean this from my heart. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you for this wonderful church. Today, make sure you see what happens with the U-Haul trailer when you go out and they give the turkeys and stuff. It's all because of you. Kathy, thank you for your beautiful card you sent me. Thank you. Bless you. Pray for you every day. I mean that. I really do. I asked your granddaughter today how you're doing. Praying for you. Let me pray over you this morning, congregation. 
Man, Bill, I love you. Macy, I love watching you on Facebook. Your little daughters are beautiful. You got so much to be thankful for. I pray. You're from St. Paul over there. God bless you today. Thank you for being with us. But let me pray. God bless you today, and may this be the greatest Thanksgiving ever. Larry from Burnsville, thank you for being here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for all the little things that you have done into our lives that lead up to the big things, from the birth of my son to the birth of many babies and sons and daughters that you have given to each and every one of us. There's so much to be thankful for. And I pray in the name of Jesus that God, this Thanksgiving season, will spark us, Lord God, to give thanks each and every day. Then it will become a lifestyle that will learn to thank you in the good times as well as the bad times. That, Lord, will not just be selective in our thankfulness, Lord. Will, Lord, thank you, Lord God, every day of our lives. That will make it a lifestyle. That, God, as we gather with family and friends over this next few days, I pray that you will bless their time. May relationships, I, I feel in my heart right now that God is mending two relationships right now. If that's you, believe it right now. God is speaking so clearly that God is mending some relationships within your family. I thank you, Father, for bringing down the walls, the barriers, the pain, the rejection, and all those relationships right now. Those two relationships with God that you're speaking so clearly about, I thank you that you are resolving that. You're solving the issues, the problems of that right now in Jesus' name. I pray peace, Lord, health over every household here today in the name of Jesus. Go with us, Father. Thank you for everyone, Lord, that has contributed to the Thanksgiving baskets and the auction and all that's going on here at Adventure Church. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Go with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise? Come on. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. Would you consider a financial gift to help support this ministry? Giving is simple and safe. Just go to our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com, and click on the Give tab. Thank you for your generous gift.